0: chapter 4 of the lark by e this LibriVox recording is in the public domain the house stood large and lonely among a wilderness of little streets brick fields cabbage fields ruined meadows where broken hedges and a few old thorn trees lingered to remind the world of the green lanes and meadows of long ago long red walls buttressed in days when the eighth henry was king enclosed a garden that even then had been a garden for uncounted years the orchard and paddock too were ringed with the same high heavy brickwork but in front of the house the wall gave place to a tall railing wrought in iron of a very beautiful and graceful design and at each end of this a double carriage gate also of wrought iron flanked by square brick pillars with stone copings and stone balls a much more magnificent entourage than seemed demanded by the house itself a dwelling comparatively modern it could not have seen two hundred summers and had obviously been built on the site of a much older and more magnificent mansion its light italian structure showed strangely among cedars that had grown up Beside the solid splendors of a tudor dwelling the long low white front of it faced the road and the queerest squat round tower at one corner rose against a background of yew hedges that must have been already tall when the house began to rise from its foundations though the house looked deserted it did not look decayed there were no loose copings on the wall and the iron screens and gates had not been suffered to rust the weather had not yet destroyed the stucco complexion of the house and though ivy rioted over half the gray-green of its roof every slate was in its place the wall and iron palings were strong and practically boy-proof but the house was near enough to the road to be assailable by the skilled catapultist or the unskilled brickbat thrower for this or for some other reason all the windows on the front of the house were shuttered fast or in the upper story where shutters were not frankly boarded up with rough deal the untrimmed lawn before the house was sprinkled with daffodils and hyacinths and beyond through and over thick shrubberies were glimpses of blossoming almond and thorn and the brown haze of fruit-trees covered with the gauzy veil of little buds that spring throws over wood and orchard the house was made for us said jane when they had ranged up and down the iron grating and tried both the iron gates too big said lucilla besides look at the board that only shows that the owner's weak-minded we'll apply to the court of chancery or whatever it is the lord chancellor will say Certainly, dears, or whatever Lord Chancellors do say, and we shall have the house. The board, whatever weakness it stood for, was strong enough in its statements. It said in large white letters on its black self, This house is not to let. Apply to Messrs. P. Touch and Co. two o seven High Street. But the applied to had been painted over by the same unskilled hand, apparently as had painted in the wavering is not I don't care what you say, Jane addressed not Lucilla, but the board. I shall apply to Messrs Touch and Go, and I shall do it now. Come on, it's much too big, said Lucilla, but yielding not for p g s said Jane. We couldn't furnish it higher purchase jane reminded her i saw that in the paper too you pay out of your income so that it doesn't cost you anything no i don't exactly see how but there it is we can't expect to understand everything we should want an army of gardeners men who fought in the war and got pensions too small they can come and garden and share the profits but when the board distinctly says that the house isn't to let bother the board said jane i expect we shall find it doesn't know its own wooden mind but apparently it did messrs touch and co represented by a small inky boy who ate something secret out of a paper bag throughout the interview held out no hopes the house was not to let nothing would induce the owner to let it yes it had been let but the party that had had it did something they oughtn't Blessed if he knew what and the old gent it belonged to said no more lets for him so he went and disfigured of our board and pays our firm so much a year to let the board stay there looking silly no miss we ain't got no other houses to let what do you think could sell you one a nice semi with bay windows five rooms and scullery no bath twelve hundred like to go over it not to-day thank you said jane quailing but we'd like to go over the big house couldn't we do that what is the house called cedar court no that you couldn't not even if said jane her fingers busy with the silver meshes of her bag one of her guardian's latest gifts not if it was a hundred thousand down said the boy filling his mouth you see he added with frank regret we ain't got the keys at the office who has got the keys him himself the old gent said the boy he don't let them out of his hands except to the charlady as cleans up a bit sometimes he's close he is and what's his name asked jane insinuatingly oh go along miss do said the boy i ain't going to get into trouble along of gels coming round me like sphinxes i see your game worm his name and address out of a chap and then go and badger him same as you're doing me now lose me my job as like as not good morning miss so that's no good said lucilla as they walked away i don't think he meant sphinxes he meant sirens it's rather nice to be sirens don't you think not when ulysses is eating out of paper bags i wish we'd asked the charlady's name perhaps our charlady would know their charlady knew a little she knew why the house was so definitely not to be let and told them as she compounded a plum cake the gentleman as owns it she told the girls he don't live in it cause it's too big him being a single man and he's rolling in money he just only let it to keep it from the damp so to speak the last tenant he didn't mean no harm he thought the old gentleman would be only too pleased he did it all at his own expense and looked for thanks instead of which explosions and catherine wheels and no renewing the lease out you go my lord and double quick it was the tenant he was here to-day and gone to-morrow as the saying is the old gentleman must have been a holy terror it takes something to get anybody out of the house doesn't it But he went like a lamb explaining to the last with the very cab at the door that he had only done it to oblige and meant it all for the best don't take the stoned ones if it's all the same to you miss i shall have to weigh up again sorry said lucilla and left off eating raisins but what did he do what was it he meant all for the best the paint miss said mrs doveton beating eggs he'd painted the woodwork first-rate three coats three coats and everything handsome about him murmured jane yes miss two flat and one round and the house needed it i tell you never a bit of paint since it was built and most of the rooms lined with wood right up same as doors black as your hat they was and he painted them nice bright colors pink and blue and a good gas green and a canary yellow and how was he to know the old gentleman liked em all black and crocked he hated paint he did same as you and me might hate dirt well it was no use talking there it was and there it is and that's why he won't let the house no more when they were back in the little sitting-room with the lustres and the beaded fire-screen lucilla said i don't want to be mingy but do you think we ought to have cake with all those raisins and so many eggs i hate to say it but oughtn't we to economize no said jane firmly that's the one thing we won't do you can't have a lark of any sort if you're always counting the halfpence. we won't spend more than we're obliged that's not economy it's just common sense and we'll make as much money as we can that's the way to get on in life not by saving but by making let's get some oranges and make some marmalade and when people come for flowers and we haven't got any we'll sell them marmalade instead there are heaps of jam pots on the top shelf in the china cupboard they made fifty-six pounds it was hot work but printing the labels with pretty letters was fun and sure enough they sold every pot and could have sold them twice over do you think we sold it too cheap they asked mrs doveton lord love you no she said it's good marmalade and besides there's the novelty the boys enjoy buying it off you two sweet young ladies with no hats and their hair blowing in their eyes. Why wouldn't they buy it? Lucky to get it, I say. But we can't live on what we make out of the marmalade, and there aren't half enough flowers, Lucilla would say, and Jane would say. Oh, if we only could have the house, I say, let's go and look at it. And then they would go and look and look, and long and love it through the iron railings and desire passionately the right to gather and sell the flowers that budded and bloomed and withered before their eyes out of reach out of reach if we were born fortunate said lucilla we should catch the charlady here on one of her cleaning days and bribe her and then we are born fortunate jane insisted that's what you don't seem to see we are our star would make napoleons look small when did two girls of our age have such a chance as we've got to have a lark entirely on our own no chaperone no rules no no present income or future prospects said lucilla no slavery cried jane every day they went down to the house and we were born fortunate i told you so whispered jane at last came the day when a change in lines and angles smote their eyes one of the big gates was ajar going down the road was a retreating figure stout charlady like bearing a basket and a jug we can get into the garden breathed lucilla and on the tiptoes of conspirators with the haste of hunted rabbits they stole through the iron gates and up the weedy drive we can get into the house said jane catching lucilla's hand and indeed beyond the wide moss-green semicircle of the front-door steps the front-door showed two dark inches beyond itself jane ran up the steps and pushed the heavy sombre georgian door which swung back revealing a dark hall marble floored tall portraits loomed from the walls the dusky distance gave hints of shallow stairs and broad wooden balustrade close by the door stood pale and scrubbing brush and most of the floor was clean and damp oh jane don't she'll be back directly she won't be back for half an hour and if she does come back she can't kill us come in come in i tell you you outside and the door open are enough to give us away to the whole neighborhood Come in and don't upset the pail. Now close the door. I say, it's jolly dark. Where are you? Of course it's dark. All the shutters are shut, said Lucilla impatiently. Hold on, there's a crack of light there. There was. Jane pushed a door and the crack broadened to a parallelogram of soft yellow light. It came, they saw, from a candle burning on the long table of a noble kitchen, oak raftered wide hearthed what a dream of a place said jane come on let's explore better not said lucilla this will land us in trouble i feel it in my bones it's the adventure of our lives said jane come on and she caught at the candle i should only like to know lucilla protested whether it's burglary or just housebreaking it's neither, Jane told her, throwing open a door at the other end of the hall. It's what they call a youthful indiscretion. This is the drawing-room. It's at the back. Let's open the shutters and have a peep. The shutters creaked back and the spring sunshine flooded the room. The furniture was mellowed and faded in a perfect harmony, but its walls were a vivid, heartless pink. Like cheap sweets, Lucilla gasped shut it up again do they found the dining-room and perceived it to be furnished but one could not see the furniture for the walls their color was a fierce full blue poor old gentleman i really don't blame him but he might have got the walls scraped now let's get out before she comes back you see it's miles too big for us we couldn't afford it even if he'd let it Oh, Jane, don't be an ass. Do let's get out of it. Not till I've seen all over it. And Jane led the way up the dark shallow stairs. There must be any number of rooms up here. There were. And all were furnished and all were dark. Not a window but was close shuttered or boarded up. The two girls saw as much of the house as a candle carried hastily through room after darkened room can show. I love it. I love it jane said at each new hint of curtain or panel i love it all hopelessly said lucilla i never thought you'd be one to love in vain but we haven't seen the yellow painted room yet they found it a round room opening out of the drawing-room and its yellow was even as the yellow of mustard but look at the shape of it said jane the lovely little bookcases rounded to the shape of the room no books though luce i'm going to put on my very nicest hat and go and call on that old gentleman vous en serez pour vos frais said lucilla what oh i know french idiotisms how it brings it all back like yesterday whereas it is really to-day all right we'll go now they carried the candle down and replaced it on the kitchen table and moved to the front door jane opened it cautiously and instantly with desperate caution closed it again there's a man coming up the drive she said and at once the instinct of flight caught at them both noiseless flying feet skimmed the stairs they clung together on the landing then lucilla pulled her friend into a dark cupboard hush she whispered quite unnecessarily it's a man he'll think we're burglars be quiet be quiet yourself said jane intensely and they held their breath listening firm footsteps sounded below of feet that said at every step why should i go quietly i have every right to be here how different thought jane comparing his footsteps with their own light terror-stricken escalade then there were voices a woman's voice a man's voice one excusing the other reproaching the clink of a pail's handle against a pail more words but undistinguishable let me go i want to listen he's scolding her for leaving the door open said jane struggling in lucilla's grasp no 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 said lucilla fervently he'll come up here to see that no burglars have got in better be found on the landing than hiding in a cupboard i won't be made a fool of let go but lucilla did not let go oh don't she said it would be hateful if we were sent to prison if he thought we were thieves it would be trying certainly jane answered listen they listened all was silent and then suddenly, echoing through the great empty house, came the heavy bang of a door. The front door. Footsteps on gravel. Silence. There, said Jane. Now you've done it. What absolute asses we are. Well, thank goodness you haven't, said Lucilla. We're not branded as burglars anyhow. A. was an absolute ass. B. was a branded burglar, said Jane, pushing open the cupboard door. And now we've to get out somehow. Does it occur to you, said Lucilla sweetly, that their going away may be a ruse? They may be watching the house. My hat, said Jane briefly, and stood stock still. I think we ought to wait a little, don't you? We ought to get out of it, Jane insisted if we're caught in the garden it's nothing to being caught in the house there must be a window somewhere that we can get out by holding each other still in nervous tenseness they stole out into the gallery dark dark very dark but at the long gallery's end green light showed a small square window almost covered with ivy but not shuttered let's said jane oh what was that that was a sound in the house below very faint but very distinct the creaking of a board that is trodden on it's the stairs whispered jane fly under that window it's always darkest under the lamp i can't fly said lucilla i put my bag down on the shelf of that cupboard you fly i'll get it jane fled and lucilla returning as in a flash with the bag, was just in time to hear a scrambling clatter crash and to see Jane's head, a moment ago clear between her and the window, disappear suddenly. She was also just in time to save herself from the black treachery of the stairs down which Jane had fallen. She felt her way down the stairs to meet a small whisper. Don't walk on me. I can't move she reached down and touched a shoulder jane was lying in a crumpled bunch at the foot of the stairs lucilla got past her and crouched by her side are you much hurt have you broken anything you said it would land us you felt it in your bones well i've landed and i feel it in mine i didn't scream did i you might just as well have done "'You made a noise like a factory chimney coming down.' "'Well, anyhow,' said Jane, "'it shows that creaking board was only rats or mice or owls or something. "'Anything human would have been on to us like a shot. "'Look here, old angel. "'I don't want to make a fuss, but I think I've broken my leg, "'and I don't quite see how we're going to get out of this.' "'If we only had a light,' moaned Lucilla." just so said jane you'll have to go and get the candle there are matches in the candlestick feel your way carefully it's perfectly straight from the top of these hateful stairs to the top of the other ones then the kitchens the first door on the left and the tables right before you all right said lucilla can't i do anything before i go to make you more comfortable i mean lift you or anything for pity's sake don't try to lift me said jane that really would be the last straw at least i mean i feel safer where i am there may be another flight upstairs or a well or an oubliette oh jane this is awful nonsense said jane bravely it's an adventure but i can't really enjoy it till we get a light does my leg hurt yes it hurts damnably oh jane said lucilla damn damnably said jane with firmness oh go and get that candle do i wish you'd fallen down instead of me i should have gone straight for the candle at least of course i don't wish it was you but go 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 lucilla went and jane alone in the darkness set her teeth and cautiously felt her ankle she could not find any pointed bits sticking out through her stocking which was she supposed the attitude a broken bone would take up but she could find pain pain and more pain at every touch of her fingertips. what a very long time it did take some people to go up one flight of stairs and down another and come back with a candle she leaned her head back against the wall at the stairfoot and strained her eyes at the dark cavity of the staircase above her no light only the faint false green gleam of the ivy-masked window that had betrayed her no light no sound of returning footsteps only darkness and silence then suddenly cutting the darkness like a knife a wild shriek echoed through the hollow emptiness of that closed house then silence again silence and darkness End of chapter four